Good morning. Please join with me, if you will, in your Bibles. Psalms chapter 46. If you'd like to follow along in your pew Bible, the Red Pew Bible, it is page 471. Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters foam, roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Good morning, church. Hope you guys have been encouraged as we have been in the series, the series in the book of Psalms. When gas prices are skyrocketing, the market is crashing. You know, you, you get sick, you don't know if it's COVID or the flu or what it is. Or what is going on in your life and your, in your heart. Where do you run to? You know, I've been encouraged that, that we've been studying the book of Psalms and the book of Psalms is, is that place where we want, run to find hope and encouragement. Have you ever felt the intense need to feel safe and secure? Has fear ever held your heart so tightly that you're afraid to leave your very home? That you didn't know that you would possibly see another day? See, in my lifetime, there were three events that not only had fear in my heart, but it also brought fear to the people around me. The first event was September 11, 2001. That day we will never forget. The day our very own country was under attack. The day tears and fears overwhelmed all of our hearts. Where did you find refuge? As I look back, that was the first time in history where I saw us all gathered together as a nation. No matter if you're a Republican or Democrat, black or white, guess what? 
we were all family that day. The second event was the DC sniper. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this event, but it was one that hit home. It was very terrifying to me, personally. Back then I was in grade school and, and I used to ride the, the school bus. I remember being huddled up with my friends, being afraid of where these bullets would come from. We would gather and huddle up and take refuge within ourselves, praying that my mom and dad would actually drive me to school. Looking for shelter, a place where I can find security. Lastly was this COVID-19 outbreak, this shutdown. This one is still a little fresh to us, right? We all feel the very air that we breathe. Where our only form of refuge was our homes. Where do you find security today? You see, when life seems to be just as, just a big catastrophe, where do you find your shelter? Where do you find your peace? You see, in our psalm today, the sons of Korah on Psalms 46 will show us that our security comes from God. You may be familiar with the sons of Korah, or, or Korah's rebellion in the book of Numbers, chapter 16. Korah being discontent with his assigned duties, his responsibilities. He wanted Moses and Aaron's job. He wanted to become priests. The mediator between God and man. See, he led about 250 Israelites in a revolt, arguing that the entire community deserved to be priests. We all deserve to have shot at the priesthood. We know that this opposition wasn't against Aaron and Moses, we know that this opposition was against God. So God sent his judgment down on Korah and his crew by opening up the earth. And guess what the earth did? It swallowed them up whole. All of their family, all of their possessions. We do learn in Numbers chapter 26, verse 11, that the sons of Korah survived. They did not die. See, maybe it's the sons who have recorded this psalm for us and who tells us in verse 2, we will not fear though the earth gives way. Maybe they had the first-hand experience of the literary earth giving way. Do you have experience of the earth giving way? Of your life caving in right before your eyes? When your life does not seem secure at all, where do you find refuge? Today's sermon is titled, The God of Our Security. Today's sermon is going to be outlined in three lessons for all my note takers. Lesson one, we find security in the character of God. Lesson two, we find security in the presence of God. And number three, we find security in the power of God. Lesson one, we find our security in the character of God. 
Notice our psalm begins by declaring who God is. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our shelter in the storm. He is with us through the fiery trials of life. Therefore, in light of who God is, because of that truth, we will not fear. He is our strength. Because of that reality, we will not lose hope. What would it take it? What would it take for you to believe that? That when danger is near, God is nearer. Do you see the confidence in verse 1? That God is a, a very present help in trouble? You see, there's no delay in the help that God offers us. You see, we may be delaying coming to God, but God does not delay in coming to us. He is on our side. He shows up. You see, the nation of Israel, they understood this greatly. When God departed the Red Sea and led them out of Egypt, when God departed the Jordan River and led them in the Promised Land, when God conquered all of his enemies in Jericho, giving his people the land that he promised. You see, the Old Testament is just a big book that is, that is full of God's faithfulness. It's full of God proving his character. That he is slow to anger, that he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. This world can be a dangerous place, can it? We just got bad news yesterday that was happening in Buffalo. But isn't it comforting to know that we have a God, the mighty one of Israel, on our side? The Lord of hosts, the Bible says. The Lord of angels' armies. You see, not only are there natural disasters in our lives, like hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and floods, these things are all out of our control. But we have a God who is in control, and we have a God that is on our side. That the very creation itself is in the palm of his hands. So we need a God like this, don't we? We need a God who is in control of our storms. Someone that we can place our trust in. See, verse 3 tells us that though the waters roar and foam and the mountains tremble at its swelling. Mountains are doing something that they're not supposed to do. We know mountains to be the most stable elements of life, don't we? They're strong. We love to look at them because they're beautifully strong. But here, it says that the very mountains move. That's terrifying. It says we should not fear because we have a God that is filled with love and goodness. God is in the, in his, in the fullness of himself, 
provides us the shelter that we need, the protection that we need, even when our world is being turned upside down. The waters are roaring and foaming. We love the beach, don't we? I'm not a beach guy, I'm more of a mountain guy. But I know you guys are already planning your vacations, all right? The ocean that is salty, the waves that are so out of our control. I remember, um, this was a year after I was saved. I went, we, we booked a vacation with our family. We went to Murder Beach. And, and my wife's family and all of her extended family, we were all there, we're having a good time in the beach, just throwing ourselves at the, wa- the waves, having a good old grand time. And all of a sudden, there's a wave that grabbed me and took me farther and further out. And my family is just, just leaving me. I just see them, I just, I just see me getting further and further away from them. And I'm, I'm trying not to panic, I heard, don't panic, right? So I'm not panicking at all. I'm saying, okay, God, help me, all right? And all of a sudden, I'm out there for a long time. Then my brother-in-law, he comes swimming out, trying to help me and save me. And guess what happened? Me and him are both stuck out here. (laughs) The waters were literally roaring. And I, and I just prayed. I said, God, I know you didn't just save me to kill me. That was my prayer. <laughs> I, God, I know you didn't just save me a year ago. My, my oldest son, he was only one. He, he wasn't even one yet. I was like, God, all these good, all, all my whole life was flashing before my eyes. I was like, really? Is this it? And that's what I prayed. That was my prayer. I said, God, I know this is not it. Please save me. And then this guy came out of nowhere swam to us both. And guess what he said? He said, be still. I got you. And the water stopped. And literally before you know it, I was actually walking on sand. Got back to shore, passed out on the sand, exhausted. The guy disappeared. I couldn't even say thank you. But that's the God that we serve. He's a God that who's in control of our storms. He's the God that we can throw our lives upon him. Do you, is that your God this morning? Church family, we have a strong God. See, when our world seems unstable, we have a God that is unshakable and unchangeable. See, my non-Christian friends, you're here this morning, Do you agree that this world that you live in is chaotic? See, where do you look to find safety? Where do you look to find security? Uh, Is it your finances? Is it a political party? I hope not. I hope it's in Jesus. Place your hope in Jesus today. You see, these verses remind us of, of him. Right? In Mark 4, when Jesus was seeking to get rid of a crowd, he, he got on the boat and says, hey guys, let's get away from these folks. I've been teaching. And guess what happened? The wind and the waves that were coming upon the boat, the waters were covering, the water that was supposed to be outside of the boat was now inside of the boat. And his disciples are freaking out. And guess where Jesus was? 
He was in the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion like a baby. Don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? He woke up. Don't you care? That's what they asked him. He got up and guess what he did? He rebuked the wind and the waves. Be still. Hush. And know that I am God. The wind and the waves died out completely. And he turns to the disciples. He asks them a simple question. Why are you so afraid? Probably the same question that he asked me that day when I was drowning. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? In other words, do you still not understand who I am? Guys, do you guys know who God is today? Is he the one that spoke the very word into existence? With his very mouth? Is he the God that has the strength to tell the waves when to stop or, or tell the ocean how far to come? God is our refuge. You see, a refuge is a safe place. It's a safe house. It's a place where you go to where you find the protection and the safety that you need. We, we all have this desire for security, don't we? Every time we leave our cars, we just hit a button and it locks the doors. We have alarm systems inside of our homes. Before we go to bed, we make sure every door in our house is locked and the windows are closed. That, that, where does that come from? Kids, you guys build forts, don't you? I know you do. Because my kids, they love building forts. They grab every single blanket in the side of our home. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And guess what? They, they lay down in those forts. They play in those forts. And they feel secure. They feel a sense of safety. Because there's a desire to feel safe. What is your fortress this morning? You see, that fortress, our refuge, is God. He is the one who can, we can run to in order to feel the peace and rest for our troubled souls. You see, in the catastrophes of life, will God be your refuge and strength? See, God is always ready to help us, and his help is always enough for every situation. Lesson two, we find security in the very presence of God. Let's look at verse four. Verse four says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitations of the most high. You see, on a practical level, when a, when a river of water flows in the city, it shows that city's strength. It shows that city's power. I know this can be hard for us to grasp because we have running water in our homes. We go into our fridge, we have bottles of waters. But a, a city that has fresh running water? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the case that you did not have that? You did not have running water? You do not have access to water bottles in your fridge? 
How comforting would it be to know that there is, a, there is fresh water right at your exposal? You have no fear of dying of thirst. A river of flowing water is a sign of life. See, Psalms 1 describes the man who delights in the law of the Lord as one who is planted by the streams of water, who will yield its fruit in season. See, John describes in Revelation 22 a river of life that is bright as crystals, flowing from the very throne of God through the middle of the street of the city. You see, when the biblical authors describe a river, they usually connect it to the very presence of God. You see, in Psalms 46, we went from waters causing chaos to now bringing joy, gladness. You see, what caused this transformation? What caused the transformation from chaos to calm? We learned that inside of this city, this, this holy city, is where God dwells. It is his holy habitation. See, verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. This city, Christian, this city belongs to God, and it also belongs to you because you are in Christ. God is there, and his presence will bring security. See, this, this, this image here is a powerful image of hope. You see that although the night is upon us, right, we have confidence that there will be dawn of the morning. Because when we go to bed at night, we have hope knowing that the sun is going to come up. That's the picture of God's presence here. That's the picture of his hope, of his help for us. You see, although our lives are full of darkness, we know that God will bring forth his light through the mercies and grace of his son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus met the woman, the Samaritan woman, he said, give me a drink. And he, he, she said, why, why would you want to drink from me? A Samaritan woman. You guys remember what Jesus said? If you would know who I am, you would ask me for water. Because the water that he gives is, is life. We find life in Jesus Christ. See, in this presence, in the very presence of God, brings our security. See, John tells us that Jesus, God, took on flesh and he dwelt among us. Jesus was in our very midst. He was full of grace and glory. Why would God do that? That's the theological question that comes to mind is, how can a holy God dwell among such sinful people? One word, grace. It's love that we don't deserve. See, despite our sin, God loves us. 
See, this, 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 uh, this river reminds us of the Garden of Eden, where God was with his people. And they ate from the, from the fruit of the tree and sin entered them and entered the world. And that separated us from God. But God, who is rich in grace, he sacrificed the animal and clothed them and brought brought redemption. He said, I'm going to bring an offspring from this woman, and he's going to crush the head of the serpent. That's the God that we serve. And Jesus did that on the cross. You see, on the cross, Jesus exchanged his righteousness for our sin. He took our place on that cross. Jesus filled the gap with his great love for us. And he ushers us into the very presence of God. Oh, there is gladness when we have experienced the power of the gospel. David said it best. He said, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, the only way we can find joy in the presence of God is by knowing that God takes joy in you. This has been God's heart from the very beginning for us to be his people, for him to be our God. See, God wants you to be secure. And the only way that you can be secure is in his presence. He wants you to be glad. He wants you to have joy. It's about knowing that his holiness is what makes you holy. His presence through the person of Jesus Christ has made you new, where you are now forgiven, you are accepted, secured, you have purpose. It's not just security here, but it's eternal security. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. Verse 6 tells us, even even though the nations are at rage and the kingdoms are, are falling, see, brothers and sisters, there is hope within the raging within the wars that are raging in our hearts, the wars that are in our homes, in our workplaces, in your parenting, in your marriage. You see, we have a God that can just open his mouth and these kingdoms will fall. We serve a God that when he speaks, things happen. The same God who spoke the world into existence can speak and melt the whole entire earth. See, this is the God that is with you. This is the God that is on your side. See, verse 7 and and verse 11 are, are so encouraging, so comforting, because they remind us of who God is. They remind us that he is the Lord of hosts and that he's with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You see, if you know anything about Jacob, you know his life was a big mess. We may not have experienced, he may have not experienced natural disasters, but his life was full of catastrophes. See, Jacob, who wrestled with God, he wrestled with just about everyone in his life. He wrestled with his, his father, Isaac. He wrestled with his brother, Esau. He wrestled with his father-in-law, Laban. Jacob wrestled with himself. 
He wrestled with God. He, he, he didn't let go of God until God blessed him. And before God blessed him, he touched his hip. He changed his name to Israel. See, every person in this sanctuary is wrestling with God in some way. See, how is God exposing your pride? How is God exposing the ugliness of your sin? The chaos of your own heart and your own life. You see, the blessing that we receive from God is having confidence in the one that will never let us go. The one we can depend upon. The one who is our mighty fortress. Lesson three. We find our security in the very power of God. Take a look at verse 8. It says, come and behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. Come and see God's power. How he has put the nations at his feet. All creation is at his disposal. You see, the whole world is under the judgment of God. You see, there will be a day that the world as we know will come to an end. God's judgment will bring ultimate peace. See, these last few verses reveal that God has absolute power and infinite love. It is comforting to know that all of our troubles, all of our, all of our trials will one day come to an end. All of the raging and quarreling in our hearts will one day stop. All of man's rebellion will come to an end. See, we can remember this truth when we turn on the news or whenever we hear bad news. You see, at the end, God will have the last word. You see, verse 9, he, he makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. You see, even the very instruments of war will come to an end. What good news. That's the God that we have who will break the spear, who will break the bow, who will burn the chariots of fire. You see, the deep roots of evil will be no more. God is our warrior that will soon come and bring an end to all of our misery. See, there will be a day where there will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. That God will collect all of, he will wipe away every tear from every eye. No longer will God's people be afraid of persecutors or oppressors. Are you looking forward to that day? There will be no need to pray for safety for us or for our children. We see, we have a word that will bring ultimate peace. Look with me at verse 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You see, God is calling us to be still and know who he is. This is not a stillness like you have on your daily quiet times. This is not God telling you to calm down. 
breathe 10 times and your stress will be gone. No, he's declaring who he is. Be still. It's a rebuke. He means stop. Stop your striving. He's speaking to his enemies. He's saying, let down your weapons, for I am God. I will have the last word. I will be exalted. I will be glorified. Do you see how powerful our God is? How can you be still today? How can you stop your striving? How can you stop trying to um, be righteous on your own? What do you need to lay down and say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I submit to you and your goodness and your power. We have a warrior God. Do you know this God this morning? See, don't put your confidence in anything else but him. The God of conquering power. Sure, we know that he created the world, but do you actually know him personally, deeply, intimately? See, God has revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ. If you're not a Christian this morning, God wants you to stop and know that he is holy. To know there is no way on your own ability to come to him without him first coming to you. See, that's what God did. He came down from heaven and earth and he lived a perfect life, something that I could not do, something that you could never do for yourself. And not only that, he, he died on the cross for you. He took your place on that cross. Because of your sin, you deserve that cross. But he took your place because it's, he's good. He loves you. Will you trust him? Take a look back at verse 10. Our God will be exalted among the nations. He'll be exalted on the earth. Church, we have a, we have a Savior that was high and exalted on the cross for you. So that way he can be high and exalted among the nations. See, that's why we're here today. That's why we gather today. We're here to exalt the name of Jesus. We're here to celebrate him and what he has done for us. See, that's the hope and encouragement that we need. That his first coming was for you, church. And his second coming is for you as well. I hope you are anticipating. I hope that you are ready. You see, on that cross, God forgave all of your sins. They were all punished. And if that's not God's power, then I don't know what is. And it's glorious that your sins are forgiven. All of them have been wiped away. Jesus died and was resurrected on this earth so you could be with him forever on a new earth. How do we know this to be true? Because we have been given the gift of his spirit, which is a guarantee that you will be with God forever. He is a seal. He is our security. See, no one in this world or nothing in this world can, can possibly take that away from you. The truth is we belong to God. 
You are never alone. We sung that earlier. The choir sung that so beautifully. You are not alone. And your future is secure. There is nothing that can take this reality away from you because you will have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. No one can snatch you away from God. Nothing can hide you from God. In fact, you are hidden inside of Christ, inside of his righteousness. If someone even dares to try, God's wrath will be down their backs. No power of hell, no scheme of man can possibly pluck you from his hand. Because you are his, and he is yours. Church, you have been brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The Lord of hosts is who he is. The God of Jacob is your fortress. Let's pray. Jesus, God, you, you said it, that we may have peace. And that in this world, we will have many tribulations. But you tell us to take heart because you have overcome the world. Jesus, you are our overcomer. And you have made us more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. I pray that we will rely upon you in the very trials of life. That we will know that in your presence, there is fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore. God, thank you for your word. Can I pray that you would take your word and allow us to meditate on it day and night so we can become more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.